Hey, and welcome to another edition of the Parent Pivot Podcast. I am Steve Cummings, along with my co-host, beautiful bride, Julia. Hey, we have a special guest today um, and things. I'm going to let you introduce our special guest. Okay. This is a very, very special guest. His name is Wesley, and he is our oldest. Um, He is our original pride and joy, and he is 32, (laughs) been married almost 10 years, got married very young, and has two littles, and I'll let him tell about himself a little more. Wait, time out. Yeah. He's already been married 10 years. No, I haven't. No. Oh. Nine and a half. <laughs> oh, see, this is why I'm dad, and we let mom and... Okay, never mind. Celebrated 10 years never of engagement. We just let the mics roll even when we make mistakes. People, We let people know that it's real, 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 yeah. real life going on here. So, Wesley, tell us a bit about yourself. Well, you kind of covered everything, mom. <laughs> uh, tell us more. I have a three and two-year-old, live in uh, Southern California pretty much my whole life, and yeah, I'm the oldest of four. Yeah. And what do you and your wife do for a living? I am in software as a service sales, um, and my wife is a graphic designer. We both work from home. It's pretty handy to be able to be with the kids that much. And uh, let's see. Yeah. We're recording this a few days after Christmas. Yeah. Christmas 2022. Which we'll never forget Christmas 2022, (laughs) but that's a whole other story. It's been quite an event. Um, So... Why we invited Wesley here with us today, we would love to eventually have all of our kids come on and do a podcast with us. Um, Wesley is our oldest, so he has more to say. He's got more life experience because he's been married for a while. <laughs> and he's the only one with, with kids. And he's the only one with kids. So he has a kind of unique... Kind of good thing there. What? Nothing. Oh, he has a unique perspective. So our... Real question for you today, Wesley, is as a 32-year-old man who's been married almost 10 years, who has two little children, what do you want to let parents know our age or who have children like you? um, What do you want them to know about what you need or want or desire for them from them? I would say help as needed to start out mm. to to not overstep but not understep kind of just understand what the needs are of your newly parented like your new kids that are new parents of mm-hmm. young kids or just in general cuz I think it's easy to to want to be grandma and grandpa the way you want to be grandpa mm than it is to just kind of understand what your son or daughter and their your in-law child need watching their young kids or being grandma and grandpa. That's good insight. Because um, it really becomes about you being the parents and what you want as parents, how you want to raise your children. Yeah, but also just it helps when it's true help. Because... Mm-hmm. It's, it's, I'm trying to think of the best way to say it. It's one thing to have too much help and feel suffocated that, okay, they're my kids. I'm going to take care of them. And there's also where it's not enough help. Mm -hmm. And it's like, oh, I thought you were going to help or that's not the help I needed. Mm -hmm. And so that can be frustrating either way. Yeah. 
that's fair. Um, now I'm gonna let Wes off the hook a little bit here in, um, I, I, I wanna be completely open and honest and say, we don't always have a perfect relationship. Right, Wes? No, no relationship. <laughs> what? Wait, what? I've been working all these years and we don't have a perfect relationship? Um, so I want to talk about the idea of communication. And um, we had a tough conversation this week, uh, Christmas and, um, you know, just things happen and you have to kind of step back in time a little bit and revisit some things and clear the air about some things. And we had to have that moment of doing that. Um, never easy for anybody involved, but very, very important. So I want to ask Wesley, um, what is the best way to have a good open conversation with parents? Somebody out there might be similar to you. Um, and they might not even be your age. They could be younger. They could be 18 for all we know. But um, what is it that would help a quote-unquote child, <laughs> um, adult child. be an adult child to open up with their parents better, um, to be able to share their heart better, um, and to feel safe doing that? Sure. Um, well, I think as any child can think of, it's you want to please your parents. So it's really easy to curtail or hide your feelings like I tend to do or water them down, uh, say things in a way that kind of lets your parents off the hook mm. and doesn't fully communicate what you need to do. So, I mean, th this is a rule that Chelsea and I have just in general is that we need to share our feelings regardless of how the other person is going to react to it. And not that's not to say to be a jerk about it. And, and just unload because that's going to get no one anywhere fast mm -hmm. and it's going to ruin any good productive relationship you have. But I can't control how my wife responds to my own negative feelings of when she hurts or frustrates me or I feel invalidated or ignored mm -hmm. and vice versa. It works both ways that she can't so we have a couple checks of just, I mean, just it's different in a marriage relationship, but just mm -hmm. to have that in general for her, she'll say, are you fighting me or are you listening to me? Mm -hmm. And that's kind of my check. It was like, oh, I guess I was starting to fight you there. Um, but when it comes to your parents, it's not like a F you, I'm just going to share my feelings and let it go. But you can't not hold back and water it down. Sometimes you have to practice what you're going to say. Mm -hmm. Um that would probably be the best way to start is just know that these feelings aren't pleasant. They're hard. It's hard to share them, but they need to be shared. And don't hold back in a balanced way. <laughs> so I would, and I would even say, what did you experience? Let's just roll back a couple of days when we had our heart-to-heart and we don't have to go into the details of it all, but what do you need from your parents as you're sharing your feelings? I'm trying to tee this up as best I can because mm -hmm. uh, some of the things that we heard were hard for us to hear. Um, and, and vice versa. It was, huh? Some of it was hard for me to hear too, how I had hurt you guys. Right. And, and in those moments, 
um, I think where I'm going is it's, it's trying to see through the lens of the other person. Um, because that's where I sat and tears flowed on our end and, and on Wes's end only because I'm like, oh my goodness, I'm completely unaware. Now I didn't, we didn't go into defense mode to say I'm right because we all have a, 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 a lens and a worldview of how we put events and things together. And we sat there and listened. Yeah. I guess a question to Wesley is, did we do an okay job? Yeah. <laughs> Not that we're trying to get pats in the back here, but just we're, just trying, to, we're trying to help other parents not go into this. It, they're yeah. looking at it to be a battle, and it's all of a sudden going, oh, you shouldn't feel that way, and it gets into a, an emotional right. battle. To my parents' credit, they did listen. And in the past, that might not have been what I, the experience I would have had. Mm-hmm. It might have been more defense and an explanation of what really happened or whatever, but it was really good to have that and know and I think one thing that's at least helped me in approaching that conversation is and this kind of goes both ways is I've been out of the house for 10 years been married 10 years and actually and been more independent than I would say my siblings were before that since I was really graduated high school so there's more of a not peer-to-peer but it's not necessarily the old when I was a kid and it was parent-child relationship. There's more of a friend, peer like relationship with my parents now and with my wife's parents. That a mutual respect. Yeah. Kind of like a that it's partner. If parents think that they're gonna their child hasn't changed since they got married or and this happens really from the first day that they leave the house and get married that leave and cleave mentality really starts to sit in and it can really, I think can happen in ways that parents don't like and they want their kid back. Mm-hmm. So at least my experience was that my parents didn't do that. You guys didn't do that. It was more of a recognizing me, like you said, out of respect of like, I'm 10 years married. I got two young kids. I know enough about life that, mm-hmm. um, and even if your kid is 22 and married like I was, they're still, I mean, I would hope they were mature enough to think that they get married at 22, but I know some 22-year-olds that shouldn't have been married at 22. And I maybe wasn't ready at 22, but I was more ready than most. Um, but, yeah, it was. It, I think that was the approach of it was a give and take. It was a conversation. It wasn't I'm going to talk at you and I have to stop and then you talk at me. It was more of a sharing and it was – it reminds me of the old counseling cliche of n- don't use always, don't use never, was when this happened. Like, I experienced this. It's not like a you made me feel. Mm. Like, there was a lot of that. And I would even go so far as to say, as, as a parent of an adult, adult child, you need to become the learner and learn your adult child's heart. Because when I was listening to Wes the other day, um, I was trying to sit in his space and as his words were coming out i'm i'm experiencing obviously i saw everything from my perspective because i lived it Um, but now i'm hearing it from his perspective i'm going oh wow i never knew that uh and things and Mm -hmm. and, and same way i think that happened with you sweetie and then and wes the same way when we communicate stuff because we never uh, get to a point where we can have a heart to heart and heart to hearts are done with a listening ear with learning to 
um, put yourself in that person's shoes and see their life through their lens. Doesn't mean that everything's exactly right. So you can't sit there and go, no, that's wrong. It's like you have to sit there and go, in that person's life, this is what it felt like to them. Mm-hmm. And you have to sit there and go, oh, wow. And just own it and validate them saying, I mean, there's a lot of I'm sorry's that went there. I'm sorry you went through that. And I'm sorry you felt that way because we can't go back and fix it, but we can seek understanding and have relationship. Yeah. And to piggyback off that point of your lived experience is different than mine. You can't go into those conversations thinking, you know, what's going on with the other person. Like you need to have the, like, you can think, and I know I've thought like, well, this is what they were thinking. Like, otherwise they wouldn't have done this and, you know, hurt me this way. Like they must just not care or they might like, or they're just completely in the dark about it. And so you kind of need to go in having an open mind to realize you aren't talking to your five-year-old child or your 10-year-old child anymore, or even your 16 or 17-year-old child. You're talking to an adult person that is married with kids. And think back when you were in my shoes. I mean, mm-hmm. you. I'm kind of talking to you guys too, is you were fully capable to in the way that I'm fully capable now. Like there's similarities. Yep. You guys have been where I've been or parents have been with their newly married kids or, or their newly parented or kids or new parents I keep saying that wrong, but there's yeah. just understanding like, okay. And also just trust that you, how you raise them, whether or not it's stuck, they're still the principles that they learn and know. <laughs> I mean, I joke all the time, like, I know I, I don't need to ask my dad what will you do at this hour. I don't need to ask my mom. I know exactly what they're going to say and the tone they're going to say it. <laughs> and and I know the advice because they told me for 18, 20, or 22 years I was living with them that this is how you live. So you kind of trust that too and don't do not preach at your kids. Yeah. That's actually advice I give people all the time. Like, your kids know how you feel about it. I, you know, I think of friends who their kids end up living with their boyfriend or girlfriend or whatever and the parents don't like it and it's like your kids know how you feel you don't need to tell them just be there for them when when or if um something falls apart you want to be the person that they come to in those moments i think that's a problem that all parents have and i say this next part as knowing that i'm i'm father of a three and two year old and i haven't (laughs) fully experienced this yet but there's a natural tendency, and I think this is, well, I think we talked about this before, that I think this is the greatest mistake that the like boomer parent generation made is not every, I think the generation in general were helicopter parents or, mm-hmm. and very like bubble, like I'm going to put my kid in protective bubble parents and not let them crash and fail. And that's where the whole, everybody gets a trophy, Everybody gets, let, let's knock you out awards so we don't hurt feelings if we're not going to give them to everybody. And, and that whole mentality comes or even, I mean, I'm a millennial and I hate how my generation reacts to work and that they need to have, I mean, the, the Twitter offices are a good experience, a, 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 uh, example of it of just who needs beds and ovens and <laughs> fridges and you have free vending machines, like places to work. So, I mean... It was that mentality was born out of I think of a lot of how a lot of people were parented, and their parents didn't allow them to crash and burn, and give them a realistic. It was all about hey, I'm what can I do so that to avoid you striking out three times in baseball. There needs to be room to give your kids space to crash and burn to test their strength. Obviously, not to their 
detriment of their health or bodily injury, body injury, but there needs to be like, hey, your kid needs to learn the consequences of not doing their homework, of yeah, not studying, of like going, staying out past curfew mm-hmm. uh, and stick by the punishment. I, I always think, and be honest, one of the things that I wish is like my parents were taking my cell phone when I was in high school, but then I get it back like three days later when I was told it was going to be like a week or two weeks. <laughs> it's like stick to like the those consequences. Did we do that? I, don't, I guess so. Oh, yeah. You guys would <laughs> say, hey, yeah, you don't get TV for a week. And then I'd be up till 11 and you guys be watching Friends or something and I'd get to watch Friends. <laughs> it, and so there's there's your kids need to understand consequences both from you and the outside world so that they can have a realistic expectation of, of it. And I'm trying to do it with my kids of like letting them test their strength and fall down and you're fine, get back up, home mentality so they learn physical strength. But, you know, down the line, you know, Lila doesn't do her homework. I'm not going to help her. Or if mm-hmm. Jameson chooses not to do his homework, I'm not going to help her. If, you know, choose letting them choose their friends and you advise them on the friends they're hanging out with, but you give them a realistic expectation of, hey, this is what, you hang out with these people, this is what they're going to ask of you, mm-hmm. and this is the road you're going to go down. And I'm here, I'm not going to reject you or whatever, mm-hmm. and let you live this. And that goes with adult children moving in with their girlfriend or boyfriend and mm-hmm. You, uh, high school or young adult kids that are having sex, like explaining them the consequences, and then just be there with open arms when when it happen when it, when it plays out exactly how you said. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and so getting back to adult children, I think that that what, all those concepts that you said are really important because that can also be true with adult children. Um, I remember hearing of a mom and you helicopter parents out there, maybe you can relate with this. I remember hearing about a mom whose son was away at school and depressed. And she, on the other side of the country, was calling him to wake him up every morning and to make sure... can't see me, I'm shaking my head. (laughs) To make sure that he was doing his work and all of those things. So she was still managing him when he was away at college and he's never going to he's never going to become the grown up adult that you want him to be when we keep enabling like that yeah they're going to have to drop out of school get, to, get lose their job um, figure it all out on their own you can be there to maybe help provide financially for a short period of time but they have to figure that out if you're constantly doing all that work ahead of time they're going to be that way into their 30s, their 40s, yep. and their 50s until you stop doing that. You need to stop parenting and sit back and be a partner. I mean, so to that point, I'm 32, I'm married, I have two kids, and a neighbor that I grew up with is 32, living in his, living above his parents' garage and still lives with his parents. And, very, and I would, I'm not saying I'm not, I don't know what that is, but... That's a that's a result you don't want, right. and you can't. At some point, you need to. I mean, maybe I speak back to just parents of their kids that have kids. Moms, don't let your son look like like cater, don't cater your kids. Really, is don't be grandma. Don't coddle them. Don't help them in ways that they don't that you wouldn't help them because they're adult people. Right. 
and sometimes they have to really mess up to learn that. And even if that's at the consequence of their spouse and their kids, that needs to happen because there's so much good that can be born out of big mess ups and screw ups. Yeah. Um, as parents are listening to this, I'm imagining parents out there with someone in their 30s, maybe even 40s, living in their home and whatever. And your response may be, but my child has mental health issues. I realize that that is an extenuating circumstance and we will do another podcast another time about mental health issues um, because some of that has to be handled differently. Um, and the mistakes we made when our kids were young that have developed them into maybe being too dependent on their parents as adults, um, that's been done with. I mean, that's done and said, you raised your kids, you can't look back in regrets, but we can change what we do today. We can start looking at our child like they are the adult they are. You are a grown ass man and, um, Sorry if that offended anyone. I use that phrase a lot. Um, <laughs> and so it's important that we start treating our children as the adults we are. That being said, as a mom, I can say to this day, and we had this was part of our conversation the other day, to this day, it hurts me a lot to see my kids hurt. And I want to help them feel better. So it is a natural inclination for mom and dad to not to want to see their child hurt no matter how old they get and to somehow want to fix that. It becomes a mental discipline for us as parents to stop ourselves. And a spiritual one. Pardon me? And a spiritual discipline. And a spiritual discipline, yes. To stop ourselves and be the encouragement, be the sounding board, um, be something different than the person that fixes it. Right. Is, we want to we want to avoid pain. We want to avoid suffering. But I would venture and say, guys, the three of us, as we look back to the conversation a couple of days ago, I feel like I'm in a better space and feel closer to Wes um, because we were able to get it out. There was tears that did hurt, but it's like we're alive, we're breathing, we have a tighter relationship than we've had before. We we know we know each other's hearts. We understand what's going on. And we're okay, so there's we're not we're not leaving town with hurt feelings, and that's it and whatever. We actually, as painful as it is, if you can sit there and just listen and put yourself in that person's place and imagine what it felt like to go through that, and and just own it, and going, wow, I'm so sorry. Which we talk about. Well, you're, you're unaware of this, but we talk about this almost in every podcast. Um, we want we want parents to become partners by just listening and validating. If they did those two things, is there anything as we close our podcast, is there anything else we want to talk about? I was going to ask Wes, is there any, any um, counsel you would want to give a, a parent of adult children that from what you see overall or, or something you've seen, um, things, gosh, I wish those parents would just fill in the blank um, because they're, they're whatever. Does that make sense? I mean, I go back to how I opened it is the biggest thing, I mean, being a young parent of a three and two year old that have my I have my hands full constantly with them, there is both a relief and anxiety that comes with whether it's your parents or your in laws coming to visit. That it's like 
that there's an expectation of help. Like you guys, parents know what it's like to be parents of young kids and always be tired and be sacrificing, taking, like taking care of them and to have, you know, parents or in-laws come to visit, there's going to be stress on whether it was me or my wife or both of us of like, what kind of help are we going to get? Are we going to get too much? Are we going to get too little? Are we going to get, what what kind of help is it going to be? And that's the biggest thing is to just ask your kids, what do you need? Because my experience, like I said, on, on both sides is many times is right on point, but there are too often or, or just often enough that it bothers me or bothers my wife that it's like, wish that this had happened. And, and, it, and maybe it's also on your kids to be able to communicate, but you're the grandparents and they're the parents. They're not going to impose their kids on someone else. Just like you didn't impose your kids on someone else. At least that's my attitude. I apologize for any parents that their kids just like, Oh good. You're here. Take them. Um, but for me and my wife, we're, we're just like, there are kids. We are going to take care of them first and to not overstep in, in, in a way that a mom should or a dad should, but just know the balance, but give your kids, ask your kids, give them room to, and, and if they don't tell you, press them to say, Hey, what kind of help do you need? What, like, would need help from me going on? I know I'm, we both work from home. We have limited childcare. So for us, like when we do get family coming, it's like, oh, hey, like maybe we take advantage of it in the wrong way or in or not enough. But it's just like, hey, yeah, can you take care of my kids? I need to do something. But also just for the holidays, it's real easy to just like, oh, hey, I can check out for half an hour because kids are playing with with Pop and Juju, you know, and they're, they're good. I, I'm, I can take them take an hour of me time that I wouldn't normally get. Um, but then also on the other sh- on the other shoe or on the uh, on the other side of the coin is you know expecting there's an expectation to of parents to take care of their kids in certain things and to be the one that's you know just step in every time and do the do the, the normal parenting whatever it is could be feeding the kids changing diapers putting them down for naps getting them up from naps could be just running their lives a little bit more that it's like okay yeah you're making your son or daughter, their spouse feel like, Hey, I know I'm, that's supposed to what I'm supposed to do. So to just highlight again, ask your kids what kind of help they need and then just give them an exact need and then just keep an open line of communication and just say, Hey, how do we do? Or can I do, can I do anything more? Or is, is this okay? Yeah. So there's a fine line. It sounds like of between helping too much and helping not enough. And yeah. so communication is the best line of defense with that to be able to say, Hey, what can I do to help? Yeah, and and last thing, follow your kids' advice for the routine. Whatever they say their kids' routine is, do it. Don't do what you do. It's like, oh, but I do it this way, or I did this with you. That's how you did it. That's not how your kids do it. <laughs> Let them brush your teeth, whatever it is, whatever the routine is. It's like, oh, they'll be fine. Like if the, your child or spouse, child spouse says no, that's no to you too, and you respect that boundary and don't impose and and I know that's probably a big source of like tension in in in-law relationships between in-laws and their mm-hmm. child spouses doing things in ways that they wouldn't approve right. or right I would even as I've watched uh, 
Lila and Jameson, I, I can't think of an instance that happened with them, but my thought is, and I had this happen with some other kids that we were watching, when those kids start doing something that I would sit there and think they shouldn't be doing, I'm going to say, does mommy and daddy let you do that? Because and they will say yes. Yeah. yeah. I'll say, well, <laughs> then we'll wait. We'll wait. I, cause they haven't told me that, so I'm going to wait for them to tell me that. In the meantime, we're not going to do that. So I'm always deferring to mom and dad and their structure and their rules of the way they want to do that. I'm the guest. I'm the, the one that gets to fly in, love them, play with them, and then leave. Yeah, and going back to the consequences thing, and I do this with my kids and grandparents can practice this, is my daughter's at the age now where she's like, well, mommy says, let's me do this. And I go, well, okay, let's go ask mommy and see what mommy says. And we'll walk and sometimes she'll, she, I mean, she hasn't lied to me yet, but I, I expect that, there are kids that are going to be like, oh, I didn't think pop, grandpa or grandma were going to go ask mommy or daddy if I could do this. Never mind. Like, if we're, like practice that. Like, that's that's fun because you're honoring both the kid and the parents. Right. What yeah. I'm hearing is present a unified front to the grandkids. <laughs> Support your kids whether you believe it or not. And be there and ask for help. Say, what do you need for help? And manage your expectations, which is what kind of what we learn. Manage expectations with good communication. Yep. And we tend to sometimes over-communicate in our family, but I think it's better to over-communicate than under-communicate. When you under-communicate, you end up left with hurt feelings, unmet expectations, fractured relationships, and it's okay to have a heart-to-heart saying, hey, I was just wondering when this happens, is it okay if I do this? Because I'm asking you permission. They're your kids and your family and things like that. So Spoiling your kids with gifts, grandparents, your oh. grandkids with gifts. <laughs> Don't do it every time that you see them. We've experienced that every time we we would see we'd get a gift and we've had had conversations, say, okay, we our kids have enough gifts, like go off of reg- gift registries for grandkids or whatever and make sure there are toys that are either similar in type or the exact ones that not like what if your kids didn't want to give your grandkids that toy yet or they didn't want to have that that specific one they have reasons for that to just. Be mindful and respected. Yeah, grandparents will spoil their kids, but you can spoil them with love and words and hugs and kindness and, and cuddle time. It doesn't have to be stuff like that because you're just creating junk and more and problems in the, that young family's household mm-hmm. if you're doing it too much. And I say that in the spirit of Christmas, probably a month too late, but yeah. <laughs> so before we go, we didn't talk about Chels. Mm-hmm. Wes's wife is Chelsea Cummings, and she's she, the best. She is the best. Um, do you want to talk a little bit about her business, Wes? And yes, give her she... a shameless. Plug? <laughs> yeah, we don't we don't mind doing shameless plugs on our podcast. She's a graphic designer. Um, you can look her up at Chelsea. Uh, maybe she no, she changed it recently. But her her baby, her favorite thing that she does is Love Light Paper. You can go to lovelightpaper.com or follow at Love Light Paper on Instagram. And she has created her own stationary line. Everything you see is hand-drawn and, and designed on the computer. And that's that's how I spend my evenings mostly is just packaging up card orders and stationary orders. But if you needed, she does website design. She does wedding suites, birthday invites. Her favorite thing really in life is to plan birthday parties. She wishes she could do that all the time because um, she's really good at it. And, yeah. And we just... If you knew Chelsea, she is beyond talented. Um, She's a true artist. A true artist. 
And her three-year-old daughter is not far behind her at this nope. point. She's outpacing me already. Um, so, yeah, look up Chelsea's stuff. She's amazing and just the most, um, just her creativity is off the charts. Wonderful. So um, I want to encourage anyone Chelsea to look at that. In your website, if people want to talk to you? If people want to talk to me, Meadowbrook Counseling. Meadowbrookcounselingga.com. <laughs> she hasn't gotten it right yet. Meadowbrookcounselingga.com. Yeah. And, and mine is bringingkingdom.org. If you want to check uh, out, I walk with men and help them with their identity to live out of their identity as beloved sons of the king, bringingkingdom.org. So, Wesley Jamison, thanks for being with us today. Yep. We've enjoyed having you, and uh, we've got three more kids to go. Um, and we'll have probably the spouses on at some point too. But we appreciate y'all listening to the Parent Pivot Podcast, and we will see you next time. Mm-hmm.